my way here, the, I felt the Lord say to me, Nelson, I want you to know that the cross is my eternal provision for life, freedom, love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and in the end, eternity. It is sufficient, totally sufficient. Um, It's amazing. You know, I had a hard time getting today's message together because I I have three of them. Because I got... I got, uh, I got what I thought I should say. I got. <laughs> and then, and then I got to another subject. And I woke up this morning and said, no, no, that's not what I want you to say. I'm thinking, oh, why didn't you tell me yesterday? <laughs> but anyway, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the Father's heart of compassion and love that motivated him to send his son to die. Isaiah said, this is is the destiny. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cast off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was his, was he, that's why he was stricken. Because of our transgressions, he bore the cross. And he made his grave with the wicked. That's amazing. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. (laughs) To us, that doesn't make any sense. He did no violence, but he, he took the grave with the wicked because he identified with our failures. He identified with our sin. Neither was any deceit found in his mouth. He was totally innocent. How do you bring an innocent person to be guilty for the whole world? Well, according to the courts of law back then, they had certain rules. And the whole Jewish courtroom violated seven major laws to find him guilty. They manipulated the law so they could kill him. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he 
Let me put a verse in here. He chose you before the foundation of the world. And when God put Jesus to death, to grief, he saw you. He saw the seed. Jesus told a parable about all this. He said, except a corner grain fall into the earth and die, it will abide alone. And the father was not interested in being alone. And so he sent the seed from heaven so that the seed would actually be buried and die and rise again. And Jesus said these words, except a corner grain fall into the earth and die, it abides alone. But if it comes forth, it brings forth a great harvest. That was the pleasure why the father bruised him. The father saw pleasure in the death of Christ because he saw us. The father saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. Why? Because Satan and sin have been defeated and the seed was planted and the harvest is now. Therefore, because of all this, I will, I will divide him a portion with the great. We have the great within us. He's the greater. He's the greater. No, not the highway smoother. He's the greater. <laughs> and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. That's us. See, he sees us as strong because we're in him. God can't see us as being weak, fragile, fumbling around. No, no, he says, no, you're strong. I see my seed as being strong because I'm in them. I liberated you to be strong. My work makes you strong. My victory causes you to live a victor's life. Forever. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made inter intercession for the transgressors. In a way, the cross was an intercession. 
he, he, he travailed. He travailed to die. He travailed to die. And I, I just want to spend a few moments today on the day Jesus passed into the realm of the dead. The goal of all of this was this. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. In other words, be bold. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the total world evil system. Every evil that this world is made up of has been defeated on the cross. There's not one thing that's left to prevail against us. Not one thing. And I I thought to myself, my identity is a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want to endeavor to live there because that's who he's talking to. He's not talking to your old man. He's talking to you as a new creation. The new creation in you has overcome. The new creation is victorious. And so I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to start with one thing. I'm not going to get angry at my wife anymore. You know, we've had the most peaceful house. I'm not kidding you. There is a rest without doing anything just because I live in the new creation. Because the new creation is not antagonistic. It's not demeaning. It's not selfish. It minds its own business. And I look at that, and I was sitting the last couple days, and the tranquility in our home is absolutely amazing. And I put no effort into it other than living in who I am in Christ. You see, the cross conquered all my selfishness. The cross conquered all my self-pity. The cross conquered the blaming game that Adam started. My wife did that. And she says, the devil made me. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, just, I'm just amazed at the kingdom tranquility in the new creation world. We are a generation of new creation that live in the realm of peace, hope, love, expectation. 
divine revelation. Oh. It's all because of the cross. Before Jesus entered into the dark place, the realm of the dead, he said some things. He said this, while he was alive, while in his humanity, with the grief of the Father poured out on him, bearing all the sins of the world, he says, Father, forgive them. I thought to myself, this innocent Savior had every right to blame someone else for all the wrong they did to him. And he just said, just forgive them. Just, just forgive them. He released forgiveness into the world forever. It's relevant, important, and always effective. And as he hung on that cross, and he said, forgive them, maybe that actually influenced the one that was on the one side of him. Maybe he heard that. Because on the cross, these two guys had a discussion. While the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with him, deriding him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God, and, it, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and crying, if you be the king of the Jews, save yourself. And these two thieves on either side, and one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou, Christ, save yourself. But the other answered, rebuked him. <laughs> Can you imagine this destruction going on while they're hanging on the cross? I rebuke you. He was sentenced to death too. Do you not fear God, seeing you are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. How did that guy know that? And he said unto the Lord, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. There's this conversation going on in this whole scene of the crucifixion. They didn't just hang there and die. They actually talked to each other. So Jesus took eternal action. I'm going to use the eternal over and over here because 
I think we need to be impacted with the word eternal because we're always living in a temporal world and we forget the eternal state we're in. So he took eternal action and he released forgiveness. That means forgiveness will always be effective and real and never fail. Forgiveness is not a temporal idea, it's an eternal idea. Jesus took eternal action. He instantly released the criminal from going to hell. Just like that. Before he died. There's seven sayings that he said, and this was one of them. Before he entered the dark world, he actually said some things. He released this man who deserved death and said, today you'll be with me. Can you imagine what it was like when this thief entered heaven? I heard a preacher expound on this. It was really actually quite funny. How did you get here? He said, I don't know. And this, this angel questioned him. He says, wow. D did you repent? What, what's that? And then, and then this little angel, he, he, go get, he gets uh, the, the administrator. And the administrator comes. He says, how are you faring with sanctification? The, the thief says, what's that? He knew nothing. And so the, the, the big angel, he says, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? He said, the, the man on the middle cross told me I could come. God tells you, you can come. You're scheduled for heaven. Your ticket's paid for. I believe that those who were held in, in Abraham's bosom in the Old Testament, they had their writs. They had their writ. They had their ticket, and they were waiting for it so they could turn it in and go to heaven. And Jesus comes down, and he actually fulfills their writ. The cross exposes the cross exposed the kingdom of darkness. And it was about the sixth hour, and there were there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in two. The manifestation, when Jesus entered into the realm of the darkness, it actually manifested. It darkened the sky. Why? Because he entered into the realm of the dead. Meaning, into the realm of not just the dead in the grave, they're dead in Christ. That those who are not saved, they're dead. They're totally separated from God. 
There's this dark world out there that manifested itself when he was on that cross to reveal the, the environment that he entered into. The light of glory enters into this dark realm called the kingdom of darkness, the place where Satan rules everything. But Jesus entered that darkness in his death The cross spared nothing, and the cross spared no one. Jesus took eternal action again. His destiny was put into the hands of his Father when he hung on that cross. Why is that important? Because... The word said that he would not be corrupted in death and that he would rise again on the third day, all Old Testament. And so Jesus knows this, and what does he do? He commends his life into the hands of the Father before he dies. Before I die, before I enter that realm of the dark kingdom, I commend my life into your hands. And what he did there was he entered into a divine covenant that never fails. And even though he was suffering and dying, he knew he would rise again. That is important for us to understand because we must understand that suffering is just being part of who you are. But he suffered for us. And therefore, suffer doesn't have dominion on us. Because suffering can actually take us down a road that's so dark, you can't find the other end. But if we realize he suffered and took victory, so whether we're suffering or not, we are still victors. Because victory is not based on what I can achieve, victory is based on what he has already done. And Jesus cried with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Another time, John 19, verse 26, Jesus took eternal action. He looked and he said to his mother, Look on your son. He got her attention and spoke son words to her. Because I think Mama remembered the visitation of the angel. And I think he was reminding her of that visitation. 
this is the will of God. He took another eternal action to fulfill the scriptures. And this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he said this, I'm thirsty. To the very last two words in the old covenant, he spoke in order for all of scripture was fulfilled. He left nothing out that was said about him. Amazing. And that, hmm. So Jesus, in his final action, received the vinegar. And the father took pleasure in putting him through this because he saw you. The vision of God is so comprehensive, nothing is left out. When I look at my life, I say, God, your vision leaves nothing out of my life. My life is complete in you. Your, the comprehensions and the magnitude of sin required the magnitude of a sacrifice that totally liberates us. And I must say, it is very difficult to study the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus without some sense of emotion. In the realization that this is God's word. And what he said in here was for our encouragement, our life, our strength, our moving forward in the kingdom of God. Everything in here is for our benefit. Everything. The magnitude of the cross leaves nothing out. Everything is done, everything's provided, and all is well. And I think the Father would say to us today, live in it. Live in it. The cross, when you think of it, when you think of how they treated Jesus, you realize that the corrupt, ruthless, immoral attitudes and actions of the fallen nature of humanity, they are like their father, the devil. Just spit on him. Just demean him. Just make him feel like he's nobody and nothing. Those are all tactics of the enemy. But Jesus put that to death. Hallelujah. He conquered the world. 
There must have been a variety of thoughts and feelings in the hearts of the observers that day. The moral and spiritual bankrupt society stood on the watched and watched the crucifixion of an innocent man of God. God intended that to be that way. Who was totally demoralized. Jesus, sin has a, an, a, a desire to demoralize you. Satan wants to demoralize you. Well, Jesus was demoralized for you. We, we are not to live in being demoralized. Because we're victorized. Man, that's a cool word. <laughs> the cross revealed the true condition of sin. A sin-slaved society. And their hatred against divine truth, love, and freedom. Just look at what's happening in the world today. The manifestation of the kingdom of darkness is everywhere. Man wants to dominate man. Man wants to destroy man. Man wants to... It's all the nature of satanic kingdom. They are in a lost world. They are under the prince of the power of this air, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. But we are in the kingdom of God. We are the victors. Hallelujah. Jesus said... You are overcomers because I overcame. And if you feel grief at some time, remember he was grieved for you. And therefore, that grief should not have any power over you. Now, it doesn't mean we don't deal with grief because grief is real. But how we come through grief The cross reveals the magnitude and nature of evil that Satan perpetrated through Adam upon the whole world. God exposed Satan for who he really is through the cross. This is the evil that deprived that deprived condition that the lost world is controlled by. The condition of darkness controls the world. Why do we think they would do ever something good? But we're the opposite. We're the opposite. From this environment of this world we have been liberated. We are not, Paul says, we're not of this world. So we have been taken out of the environment of this world. We're living in this world, but we're taken out of its environment. We're taken out of its control and dominion, and we live in the dominion of Christ. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your dedication that paid the price that redeemed and freed us, frees us from the controlling power of Satan and sin. I can live the new creation life because of the cross. I can love my wife like Christ loved the church. And so can you. This study is designed to bring a detailed exposure to what the cross means to God in order to understand what the cross means to us. When we understand what it means to God, we understand what it means to us. The cross means to us what the cross means to God. Meaning this, I have overcome the world. God being true to his righteous and holy and moral nature, without compromise, planned a way to deal with the complete sinful devastation of his beloved creation. God so loved the world. Not just the earth, the cosmos. All of his creation was corrupted at the fall. But he overcame it all. And so as we live in this world, we're not of this world, we're not subject to this world, because we're in the kingdom. It is through the cross that he achieved his redemptive plan without violating his holiness, at the same time providing forgiveness for all people. Why was Jesus willing to fulfill the will of the Father by being a sacrifice on that cross? Why? It's because his death on the cross expresses the longing of God's heart to be one with us. It expresses his love, driven desire to restore broken relationships that he deeply longs to embrace. He loves you with an everlasting love, not a temporal love. Amen. His everlasting love will never fail you. It will never end. It can never be demised. But for you, it can be realized. It is eternal expression it is, the, it is his eternal expression of who he is. The cross is the eternal expression of God's love. Total expression, which means this, my love covered everything. The cross reveals the love motivated complete required cost that Jesus was willing to 
pay in order to provide eternal forgiveness, restoration, freedom for all who are saved. The cross is God's solution to the universality, the nature, and consequences of sin and man's inability to deal with it. You and I, within ourselves, have no ability to save ourselves or to make ourselves better. Live in who he made you to be. That's the best. Amen? Are you with me? You're not going to sleep yet? Oh, this is the other message I had. It's Satan's demise. He thought he was wise. Do you want to hear it or not? No, I, I, think, I think maybe I'll leave this for another time. Because it's, it's actually, well, it's only one page long. Well, here's his demise. As we live in this world, think of this. He said, if I, with my finger of God, cast out devils, the kingdoms come to you. His demise is, God's little finger could take care of him, and so can yours. <laughs> That's my conclusion. <laughs> Amen. Wow, that was good. That was good. I want to, to read something over you. But as I read it, I want you to think of this in light of the cross. In light of the completed work that Christ did. When God instructed Moses to bless the people, he saw it from an eternal perspective. And that perspective was of a complete, full work. So if you could stand, I just want to bless you. I would like you to, if you can, close your eyes and open up yourself to receive. And think of this in light of the complete work that Christ did on the cross. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing day.